Hello, everybody, and welcome to Paranormal Analytical. I'm your host, Teddy Hill, along with my other host, Rick Warren. How you doing, Rick? I'm doing good. How's Eddie tonight? I'm doing good, brother. Doing good. Uh, I sent the link out to James, but uh, let me see. There he is. He just got in here. So let me pull him up. And uh, we now have my other host, James Toops, with us. I didn't know if he was going to make it or not. James. Yeah, I'm here. I'm still having uh, connective problems. I don't know what's going on, Eddie. Uh, I'll hang in as long. Okay, well, he hang in as long as, as <laughs> he could. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, he still has connection problems, but he's here. That's the main here. thing. <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> so, uh, even though he can't talk. He's in and out. It stops and starts. I don't know. Yeah, even though he can't talk, he's uh, he's here with us, so he can just sit there and look pretty while uh, we discuss animal spirits. Now, animal spirits is, uh, is a topic that I don't think we've discussed too much on the show, but it's one that I, uh, I really like talking about because i do feel that all animals have a soul and uh sometimes i feel that they remain with us and uh show up to comfort us when the time is right um it, it's a it's a sad story but i think it's one that most of us have encountered or or at least uh have hoped that we've felt the comfort of our beloved pets after they've passed at some point or another when we've needed them. Um, Rick, tell us a little bit about the Native American lore and what they used to do or use during battle when, uh, you know, they would be blessing themselves and their horses and so forth. It's, it, Eddie, it's quite extensive as far as the Native belief in spirits, as far as uh, let's talk in, everyone talking about uh, animal spirits and everything, they um, would go into battle and literally every horse that would go into battle with a rider was blessed. The eyes were blessed for, for sharpness of sight. The hooves and legs were blessed for speed. The body was blessed to literally ward off bullets that was flying their way. And their body was blessed for speed, that it, that it would literally carry the warrior into the battle and out of the battle. Wow. These horses were held in high esteem, mainly because they believed that they were part of that body with the warrior going into battle and that they would uh, carry them in and carry them out safe back home and wow. everything and those that were lost were mourned as warriors well i can actually see that happening because i mean animals or pets or even if they're animals that you know may not be pets of ours but you know they're a part of our lives we do grow close to them and i feel that somehow we we have a bond with our animals, our pets, our dogs, our cats, our horses, so forth and so on. 
that it's a family type bond and it's something that you can't deny and mm -hmm. i think that the animal feels it as well as a human because i mean when you look into the eyes of a cat or a dog or a horse they're soulful eyes they have feelings they're alive they've got a soul you bet and yes, i think do. that it is very uh i think it would be very shallow to to say that an animal doesn't have a soul or that they don't move on or or something of that effect and there's so many people who have been visited by their pets especially during times when comfort is needed and i i think it's such an awesome experience to have that happen it is even um, even now eddie when um, i go hunting i will carry tobacco with me and if we uh harvest a deer or if we harvest whatever it might be pheasants ducks whatever it might be at the end of that hunt i give thanks to the creator and that's for the blessing of these birds that we are about to be blessed with as far as into our bodies absolutely and you know it, it's uh i know i've had times I, I recently lost two dogs you know i lost one right before thanksgiving and i lost one here probably about a month ago at the most and it was really hard to lose them um they were with me a very long time uh some of you may have seen holly on the show my chug mm -hmm. uh, she recently passed away and that was really hard for me and i know gordon who shows up on the show once in a while uh as well as uh he's one of our hosts on political analytical he recently lost his pet uh, and uh it's a tough thing to go through people mourn and uh i i still don't think i'm quite over the loss of holly but uh i do want to think that she's around me or that you know she'll be there if i still need her and uh you know it and, and cancer is a bad thing that's what caught both of uh, those dogs and it's a really bad thing but you know i think seriously that if we're able to to go on to uh our spirits or our souls do go forth i think uh dogs do as well oh certainly yeah I had, uh, I've had lots of animals as far as, I mean, some favorite hunting dogs and just dogs that were around the house. And I remember one time we were sitting there and we'd, um, our little Chihuahua actually died in my arms. And um, I took her out and buried her and said prayers over her. And Eddie, about two weeks after that, I was sitting in my favorite chair and she would always come up to me and nudge my ankle wanting attention if I wasn't giving her attention. Now she's been gone two weeks, okay? And I'm sitting here in my chair watching my show and everything, and I feel a nudge on my right ankle like she was there, actually nudging my ankle wanting attention. And I was so thankful for that mm -hmm. because she come back to see me. I truly yeah. believe that. I believe it too. I, I, I thoroughly believe that they're with us you know, throughout our lives, even after they're gone. And they're there for us when we need them. And even when we don't think we need them, they're going to be there. But a lot of people have had stories of encounters of 
their pets who have come back. Some of them have even captured photographs and even audio, EVPs, yes. of the yes. departed animal, which I think is really cool. And so I never think that we're alone, even after we've lost our, our beloved pet. I think they're always with us, whether it's, like I said, a cat, a dog, a horse, it doesn't really matter. Whatever that animal may be, I think they're always with us in some way or another. And they're always waiting just in the event that we do need them again. It is. It is very beautiful, the relationship that we have with animals and with the spirit of that animal, because that animal feels us, Eddie, just as we feel that animal. We are uh, interconnected, not only physically with that animal from a puppy or a kitten or a colt or whatever, and to watch it grow up and to watch it literally become a part of our family. We walk hand in hand with that animal, just as it walks hand in hand with us, so to speak. And it is, it is our family. And um, when we lose those, there is a grieving process that we go through, Eddie. I know you probably did. I know I did. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody else does too. I think I'm still going through it, honestly. Yeah, I believe you. you I know. really do. And uh, I mean, I've got, I have two of her puppies that are well they're not puppies of course anymore they're adults but i've got two of her her kids with me still um and you know one of them you know i see him and a lot of times i look down and it's like i see her but it's him you know it's her kid sure and uh sure. It, it's uh it's kind of crazy the way that works because somehow or another i still feel that she's here and there's those that will also dream I know the people that have had dreams about a certain animal, a certain pet. Um, I had a hunting dog. He was a German short hair pointer. He was probably the best hunting dog that I ever, ever had in my life. And I used to have dreams of being back out in that field with him, pheasant hunting. Mm -hmm. And I could call his name and he'd turn around and look at me. And it was just so cool to sit there and just having the, I don't, I don't know if you want to call it nostalgic reminiscence of that dog being there with me again, but it was so real Eddie, because it was, it, it connected me with that dog again. Right. And it's, and it's a great feeling to have because if they leave you, they really didn't leave you. They're still there. And I, and like I said, I really believe that, but I'm going to tell you a little story that I heard one time uh this was a while back but it was one of the first stories i heard about a spirit animal that came back to visit and it was about a family that were moving away they were leaving a house and they couldn't take their dog with them it's a golden retriever and they left the dog with a neighbor of theirs who uh, said he would you know adopt it and take care of it you know and uh so they left their dog. It was really hard for them to leave the dog. Everybody was really close. I mean, everybody, you know, was really upset over the fact that they had to leave their pet because they couldn't take the pet with them where they were moving. And, which is really hard for me because, you know, honestly, I don't know if I could move and go to a place that I couldn't take my animals. But uh, anyway, um, they left, they moved, and many years went by. And one night there was a scratching at the door. They were thousands of miles away from where they were. And uh, 
I think they moved from the West Coast to the East Coast. But uh, they heard this scratching. So they went to the door. They opened the door. And after they opened the door, this golden retriever came running in, wagging its tail, ran around them, uh, checked them out, and then ran straight up the stairs where the kids were at. And they were like, wow, that, you know, that was amazing. That looked just like our, our dog, like our old golden retriever. So they left and went upstairs. They closed the door, went upstairs, and went looking around. Couldn't find the dog, couldn't find the dog. They asked the kids, did you see it? They were like, yeah, it came in here. We don't know where it went. So everybody's looking around the house for this golden retriever. Well, they couldn't find it. It was gone. Well, they decided, you know what? We're going to call our neighbor and tell him, you know, how cool this was that this golden retriever came running in. But, you know, how he got back out, you know, maybe he ran back out the door. We weren't watching, you know, something to that effect. But, you know, he definitely wasn't in the house. And tell him about it. So they called to tell him about it. And the guy was really upset. He was sad. And he told him, you know, I was going to call you guys. He goes, uh, but your old golden retriever, he passed away today. And uh, he, he said, you know, your dog passed away. And, you know, I just, I didn't know how to call and tell you that he was gone. Well, at that point, it's when they realized that the dog that came running in was their dog basically coming back home to say goodbye to his family before he crossed over. Mm-hmm. And that was a really cool story. Uh, we got Sonia Barber, Barber on the chat oh, room. Oh, beautiful. She knows a lot about this. She Eddie. knows a lot about this. And uh, hello, Sonia, how you doing? And uh, she deals a lot with uh, animals and their feelings and their well-being and spirit animals. So uh, that's what we're talking about, Sonia. We just got done telling a little story. But uh, glad to have you on here. If you would, uh, share some uh, comments in the chat room on a different spirit animal type uh, information that you might have. You have any stories that you've heard of, uh, Rick? Yeah, I do. I've uh, had one time, I remember as a kid, we sat there and um, one of our neighbors sat there and had a very, it was a, it was a Labrador and um, it passed away. And the, the kid that was um, with us, he come over and he was crying, you know, because he'd just lost his best friend, you know, his buddy and everything. And um, I remember this lady that was sitting there with us on the front porch and everything, talking to us, she said, well, all you have to do, all you have to do is believe that he'll come back and see you and he will in one of your dreams one of these nights. And it kind of soothed his feelings over and it kind of, you know, helped him out a little bit. And as a, as a kid, you don't know whether to believe or, or what to think about something like that because it's never happened before. And so we sat there, and I think it was two or three weeks later, he come bounding over to our house and everything. He said, it happened. It really happened. And I was like, what? And he goes, I can't remember the dog's name, but he said, last night he came and visited me. In my dream, just like she said he would. 
And um, I think a lot of people can relate to that, Eddie, because we want closure. We want to know that they go to that rainbow bridge and that they cross over and that they are a part of us and a part of themselves will always be something that we treasure inside our hearts and minds. And to sit there and to think that an animal does not have a spirit, I really feel sorry for you. (laughs) I really do. Because they're the only thing that I know of that can give you so much love and ask nothing in return. Eddie, I lost your audio. Yeah, I I was saying I agree with you 110%. I mean, there's absolutely no, no, uh, no other being that can love you unconditionally and give you so much love and, and not ask for anything in return. It's a, uh, it's an amazing thing. And, uh, and I think there's a lot to be said for, uh, animals and pets and things of that nature, you know, as far as helping people and being with you and giving you the love and understanding that you need so often, you know, as far as, uh, being there when you need them and and like sonia says animal spirits never haunt a place and i you know that's why i'm saying they they normally only show up when you need them or if you need their comfort or you need their love you know um there's been a lot of stories with animals that have shown up and also like i said you know that one story where those people were talking about where their pet golden retriever kind of came back home to say goodbye so, yeah, I've never heard of an actual just a haunting of an animal. You know, it's normally. I haven't either. I know, I know that in some instances, like we have the hellhounds. If you've ever li- uh, heard about those, and I, I know that some people in the dark realm—I'll put it that way—they use animals as a fear thing: the mm-hmm. wolf, the bear, the coyote, the owl. Everything is in that kind of category, Eddie, is used as a spirit animal to come to that person right. or bring a message to that person or whoever they might be invoking. Oh, agreed. Agreed. But I feel that animals normally show back up when needed. And just like yeah. when an animal's around you, your dog or your cat or your horse, they sense what you're feeling. You know, they sense if you're happy, they sense if you're sad, and, you know, they know this. Sonia says, once it's our time to let go and move to another life, your pets that you, the pets that you ever own are the first ones to greet you. Wow, you know what? That would be so amazing. It, It would be, it would be way amazing, you know, when it's our time to have all our pets show up and be there with us that, you know, that have crossed over. And I'll, I'll tell you what, our dog one time, we were walking, taking a walk on, on a walk path one time, and this is a public walk path, walk path here in the town that I live in. And uh, 
we had had them on a leash and they were following right beside us and everything else like that. And I turned, I decided to turn them loose just for a little while. And they were walking around us and having a great time. Well, here come a couple of women off in the distance. And I noticed that the one dog, in fact, this was a dog that died in my arms, stood just stock still and wouldn't move. And as they got closer and closer, that dog was literally shaking. And she started whimpering a little bit. And I said, her name was Zeta. And uh, I said, Zeta, what's the matter, girl? I looked down at her and I went to pick her up and she took off like a jet away from us. She had never done that, Eddie, never. Mm. And I looked up in time to catch the look of this woman's face and her eyes, and it was a look of pure evil. That dog sensed something in that woman. I had to literally go back to the truck and she was hiding underneath the truck and wouldn't come out. She was that scared. And I, I think, and I know that I don't know. Have you ever used a dog or any kind of animal on an investigation? Yeah, I used to yeah. have a dog. Her name was Nettie, and uh, she was a blue healer. And uh, she would go on our investigations with us. And uh, there were times where she wouldn't even get out of the truck. And she was fearless. I mean, the dog would eat you alive. if some, Like, let's say somebody she didn't know tried to get in the truck. I mean, you'd find them there bleeding to death, you know, when you got back. They tried it. <laughs> but you know she didn't play around but there were yeah. times where i could not get her out of that truck she refused yeah. and that was normally a night that was not a good night for us if we were doing an investigation and uh you could sense the evil and i don't know if i was picking you know taking up from her cue or if it was me actually feeling it but i could feel something bad in the air when she wouldn't get out of the truck. And I, I don't know if it was her doing that to me, like I was picking up or sensing what she was sensing, or I was thinking more about what she was sensing and I felt it. But there was definitely something in the air that, that I could feel. And uh, I can I, I get like that also, whether I've got a dog with me or not. So, I mean, there's times when I'll feel something bad and I won't go in. But just like the horses as well, you know, the horses, they pick up oh, on yeah. your mood. I go out there sometimes happy-go-lucky, and then they get frisky. I go out there just normal, you know, just you know, wanting to give them a big hug, they'll walk up to me. If I go out there and I'm not in a good mood, they'll kind of stay clear of me. It's like they mm -hmm. feel that from you. Yeah, yeah. We exude our feelings, Eddie, on whatever animal, whatever it might be. And just like you said, on those, on your horses, on your dogs, on your cats. And let's not forget, okay, Eddie, that the Egyptians, okay, long, long ago, one of the animals that is still on the walls, the hieroglyphics, and everything the Egyptian historical parts of what was left to us have the cat as being one of the main animals that they believed in as far as the, the uh, Egyptian belief in religion. Mm -hmm. And uh, they held them in high esteem. I mean, the highest of esteem. Um, there was, um, what do they call those? Castle, I call them castle cats or yeah. whatever you want to call them. But but they, they lived a life of luxury because these priests and everybody in the Egyptian hierarchy literally 
believe this cat was of another realm and could foretell the future and would bring about peace and would bring about uh, harmony, prosperity, and things like that. But yeah, the Egyptian people highly, highly regarded the cat as being the animal that they they really, really held on to. Well, they always said the cat is the keeper of the underworld. So that's you know. true. Yeah, you're so, right. And also, uh, Sonia, I sent you a link just in case you can join. I don't know if you're in a situation where you can jump on, but if you can, you do have a link to jump in and join the show. So if you'd like to jump in, that'd be great because uh, when we did this topic, I was kind of hoping that you would show up, and I'm glad you did. Uh, Sonia is more of an expert in this field than I think any of us, and uh, she deals a lot with uh, uh, healings and animals and you know that kind of a thing and, and she travels around and and she does personal healings for these uh animals and she can kind of sense some of the issues they may have and so forth and so on so I, i'm glad that she's on here and at the very least maybe she can just jump in like she's doing right now and interjecting different thoughts to the situations but um yeah and i mean you have a lot uh, a lot of times even spirits will manifest themselves as an animal uh and it sure. may not be an animal uh, it could be something else. And uh, we had another situation. I'll jump into that story here in a little bit at a cemetery, which uh, was about a wolf. And I've told the story once before, but some of you may not have heard it. But uh, Rick, what was the most, what is the most interesting, uh, I guess you could say, thought that comes to mind when dealing with animal spirits? And have you ever investigated anybody that claim to have had an animal spirit with them. I've talked to a few people, Eddie, that, um, well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I've talked with uh, um, two or three of the shamans that I know in the Native American culture, and they themselves hold in high regard, I mean high regard, the animals that they have as far as being a guide as far as being with them, as far as everything that that is there with them is exuded by the spirit of the animal, the wolf, especially the bear, especially the coyote, especially the crow, especially the raven, the owl, all of these things are held in regard to what the native belief is in the spirit world and how they can react and how they can respond to not only who is invoking them or also who is sending them to do them to be the messenger why do you think these certain animals are used more or are regarded more highly than some of the others it's it's kind of like a hierarchy eddie i mean the, you take the bear it's probably the most um at that time in the north american uh rockies and all over the place as far as the united states the bear the cougar, all of those animals are spirits of the, of the world that was dominating at that time. A man didn't go outside and didn't go into the mountains or along the rivers or any place without a weapon because he would get ate the hell up, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, by these predators. And they weren't doing anything except what they were supposed to be doing. They were the top of the food chain, not man. And all of these things were held in, in high esteem throughout, you know, as, as the lore and everything come about from the Native Americans and the mountain men, 
oh, the mountain men had stories of just uh, all kinds of things happening up in the mountains where animals literally saved them. Maybe they got hurt. Maybe they fell down a, a, a side of a mountain or something like that and was laying there ready to die. And here come an animal along and actually went and, and helped them out. You know, there's so many stories, Eddie, that's just, I mean, it, it to me, it's just amazing what you can find out there about, you know, the actual spirit animals and the things that are in that spirit world. I agree. And, you know, like I said, I think a lot of times uh, spirit animals are, are chosen because of, and this is just my own thoughts, because of their abilities, like the bear because of its strength, its size. Mm-hmm the cougar because of its speed and its cunningness in order to capture prey you know yep. the the owl because of its silence and its ability to to swoop out of nowhere and take out an, a, a, a a mouse or a rabbit or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be um a wolf because of their ability to hunt in packs and and their ability to uh to to round up and capture their prey there's there's so many different uh, animals that have so many specialties, and I think these specialties I, I think is what man actually looked for when dealing with these type of spirit animals and what they're able to do, and that's why like in the uh, the uh, what do you call it the forests you know the rainforest you know they look at they look to the jaguar a lot because of its ability to camouflage mm-hmm. and its strength and its speed. And I think pretty much all Native Americans and types of tribal uh, families or units throughout the world all have something to do with animal spirits. I, I like that. I really do. Because I remember as a kid growing up, and and this has been brought about a few times too, Eddie. I remember I um, went up to this one, and we were at this powwow, and I was talking to this one uh, elder and he looked at me and he said, Rick, and he, I said, yes, uncle. And um, he goes, there's two wolves fighting inside of you right now. One is a white wolf, one is a black wolf. The white wolf will always be good and always share with you and always give to you and teach you the right path that you will walk. But he said, the black wolf, on the other hand, he goes, will, will be a danger to you will lead you into danger and bring about things that you don't really want to deal with as far as walking in that path. And I, I was curious because he said this, he goes, I said, well, uncle, I said, which one, which one will be the strongest? And he said, Rick, he said, the one that you feed. That's exactly right. He's exactly right. It's always the one you feed that will win yeah and it's dominant too Mm -hmm. it really is you know thinking about this a little bit reminds me of a story which happened a while back and uh it's dealing with a spirit wolf which i was in contact with by pure accident after many 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 years of being told that i had a spirit wolf that followed me that was within me uh and this was done by a navajo uh, medicine man back when i was a small child probably about four or five years old my parents had taken me to a navajo reservation and 
I met with a medicine man who looked at me and he said, you have the spirit of a wolf. And my mom and dad would always remind me of this as I was growing up. So it was always something that was there, but nothing that I ever really thought much about, you know, growing up. Uh, One time when I was on duty, I was making a call to a fight in progress and I pulled up in a parking lot of a mall and I was rushing to get out of my car and get to where all the disturbance was. And there was a little old lady that stopped me and she said, officer. And I was like, yes, ma'am. I was like, I'm in a hurry. I was like, what do you need? She said, always follow the path of the wolf. And I just kind of looked at her and I was like, okay. And I continued on my way and took care of the Mm -hmm. disturbance, made an arrest, took him to jail and thought about it later. And I was like, wow, that was kind of weird. And then didn't think too much about it after that. And then we were doing an investigation and I was talking to our psychic and our psychic was talking to some of the other team members and they were talking about spirit animals and she was telling them what she felt and what she saw with some of the other people that were in the team and she looked at me and she said how come you never ask me anything about yourself Eddie and I said you know I said really never thought about it you know I was always interested to see what other people thought and uh real quick uh Frederick Costa says exactly what you put out is what you receive hail Satan okay (laughs) (laughs) all right Frederick all right uh, Frederick thank you so I told her I was like well okay I was like I'll ask you I was like what do you see she goes you have the spirit of a wolf that follows you and then I started thinking at that time what my parents would tell me about the visit to the Navajo reservation. I was thinking about what the little old lady told me when I pulled up to that fight and now what she was telling me. And I was like, really? I was like, I've heard that before about the wolf. And she says, yeah, but there's more. She said, there's an Indian girl that actually sends the wolf to relay messages to you. And she said, this girl stays pretty much in the background. The wolf is what she sends forward to follow you, to protect you, to take care of you. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. So I thought that was neat information. And uh, so then probably I want to say about a month later, we were doing kind of a fun hunt and we went to this one cemetery. Uh, Some people wanted to you know, see how you collect EVPs. And I thought that was a good, this place was a good opportunity for him to do so because it would very seldom ever let you down. If you wanted to go collect an EVP, there was always something. And a lot of Mm -hmm. times it was the same entity that would give you the EVPs that you were looking for. He was always there and he had the same voice, same tone, uh, would say different things, sometimes say the same thing. Uh, So we're like, all right, we'll take him over here so they can get a glimpse of what it's like to capture an EVP. And while we were there, I was telling him about a scream that we would hear every once in a while where you would hear a woman scream across the cemetery and we would never be able to pinpoint where it was coming from. Well, while I was telling the story, this loud scream happened probably 50 feet from us. 
And I was like, holy crap. I mean, that's like right on top of us. So myself and Dan took off and we went after to where the screen was at. And while we were trying to get to where the screen was, it was real thick, full of cactus and mesquite and all this stuff. All of a sudden, the scream happens way on the other side of the cemetery. And I was like, there's no way. I was like, there's no way anybody could have went from here to there in that amount of time. And uh, so we worked our way back to where everybody was at. And the people that we were showing how to do EVPs, they were ready to leave. You know, they were like, all right, we got the platinum plan. Okay, we're good. We're done. We don't need to know anymore. You know, we want to just leave. And we're like, okay. So we started walking back through the cemetery and there's high grass on both sides of us and we're following a path about the, the width of a car which had been mowed down to about a couple of inches. But everywhere else was about three to four foot of that tall sawgrass. Mm-hmm. And as we're walking, I look up and I can see something moving coming toward us through the sawgrass. And I told everybody to stop. So we stopped. And coming through the sawgrass, standing out in that little trail in front of us, was a wolf. Pretty good-sized wolf, too. Probably about 130, 140 pounds. Just a gray wolf. Nothing special. No particular color. Just a wolf. And uh, I was like, that's a, that's a wolf. <laughs> you know, and wolves aren't something that we have here in, in Texas, in San Antonio area especially. Not, no. Mm-hmm. Coyotes? Yeah tons of coyotes but not a wolf and uh i we all had our flashlights on it never looked at us was just standing broadside looking across the trail and then walked off into the grass and i was like wow that was cool so i went up to where it was at and was calling for it and in my mind i was thinking that this wolf was somebody's pet that maybe escaped and so i'm calling it trying to see maybe i can get it to come to me and no dice, no good. And I kind of walked in a little bit. Didn't get any, uh, didn't find them. Didn't see any trace of them. And um, <laughs> Frederick says, here's the thing. Was the wolf really there or a spiritual image you all saw? Now, this is where it's going to get good, Frederick. Check this out. So as we're walking, we continued walking back toward where we were parked. I felt something bump me in the leg on the left side. And I looked down and it was the wolf and it was walking by me and I put my hand down and went from its head across its shoulders, across its haunches, down its tail and it kept going in front of us. And I was like, check it out. Now, I mean, we're freaking out at this point because this wolf is like right on top of us and, uh, and me especially because I was able to touch it. <clears throat> so anyway, as the wolf gets in front of us, he's kind of leading down the path, staying about 25 30 feet from us and he gets to the gravel road before we do and turns broadside to us never looked at us at all ever and so we stopped and we got our flashlights on it and we're talking about it and we're like this is the coolest thing i mean and i'm like hey i got to touch the thing that was awesome and then right in front of us i don't know if you all have ever seen or watched a tv set from back in the day when you had to use antennas but it looked like an empty channel full of that snow. And he kind of turned into that snow and then just kind of dissipated. And he was just mm -hmm. gone in front of us, like, like an empty transmission signal. And I was like, did you all just see that? And we were all freaking out. And I said, nobody say a word. Nobody say a word. 
And we went back to the car and I talked to each person individually. Everybody saw the same thing. Everybody. Oh, if I, I believe it. If I would have been by myself, I would not believe it to this day. And it was the yeah. coolest thing. But it gets better. The next day, I'm in the front yard and I'm clearing out weeds in the garden. And my, I see my dad pull up and he pulls up. He walks over and he said, hey, boy, what you doing? I said, oh, just picking out some weeds, blah, blah, blah. And uh, the garage was open and my truck was in the driveway. And then while I'm, I've got my back to my dad, he goes, hey, look at this. And I turn around and that wolf in broad daylight's going across my yard and went into my garage. And I jumped up. I said, I don't believe it. And I ran to the garage. He was gone. I went up and down the street in my house. I was all over the place looking for this thing. Nothing. None of my dogs were barking. Nothing happened. And uh, I told my dad the story, and he freaked out. He goes like, wow. And then I called our psychic who was with us that night, the night before when we saw the wolf. I said, you're not going to believe this. And she said, you saw your wolf, didn't you? And I was like, yeah. I was like, he was here. She goes, yeah. She goes, he, he went to check on you. But he was the same wolf from last night. Craziest thing I've ever seen. Craziest thing I've ever experienced in the paranormal. I, I wouldn't believe it to this day if I didn't have witnesses. Oh, I believe you. Yes, I do. Eddie, when we, um, when we go into the sweat lodge, and this is for the young, young people and for everybody else that um, has ever been to a sweat lodge, okay, there are things that you see inside there that, that when you go in, that experience for you and that sweat lodge is your experience alone. Nobody else's. Nobody can take what you see in that sweat lodge and what you experience. And a lot of times there's a lot of people that will see animals that are going to be their spirit guides and spirit animals that will walk with them throughout life. I like what Daniel was talking about there. He said he saw a cougar and, and he went over there and uh, didn't see any tracks. And Sonia said, you would have witnessed a cougar spirit. And a lot of people don't understand. Eddie, we've gone, we've gotten so far away from actual what the symbiotic thing that we have with not only animals, but human beings with all the technology that we have now. Man, I want to get home and watch this movie. Man, I got to go to the movies. I've got to sit there and get on this phone. I've got to sit there and get on this computer and everything else like that. And Eddie, we've lost touch. Of how to how to talk to animals, how to be a part of their lives just as much as they are a part of our lives, and they can be they can actually talk with you. They really can if you listen. Yeah, Sonia Sonia is a prime example of that because she knows how to listen. Yeah, yeah, I love what Sonia has said and what she's contributed to this show a few times that she's been on, mm -hmm. and um, what she brought out in the show was the fact of a lot of the things that. I was raised with and was a part of is exactly what she deals with every day with being able to deal with animals and feel those feelings and those emotions and everything. And it isn't that you have to be an empath to do that. Okay. That's not part of it at all. The well, I think everybody Rick, have, I think everybody Rick has some sort of ability as an empath or to be able to pick up and feel it's a matter of opening yourself up enough to be able to do so. You got it. And, got and if it you don't right teach yourself, you don't train yourself and you don't take the time to actually try, then you're never going to 
have that uh not i shouldn't say you'll never have that ability you'll never acquire what it takes in order to to perceive and in order to receive that information mm-hmm. right right because everybody's got the ability it's how you train yourself that makes a difference exactly that's what I mean about us. A lot of us have walked away from that ability to to nurture other things around us, and other things are more important: money, stature, cars, houses, or whatever it might be, materialistical that we think is important to our lives. And sometimes it's like, let's step back here a second and and see what it is to be, you know, connected with Mother Nature and Mother Earth. Well, Frederick says, I also believe everyone is uh, empathetic and has psychic abilities, but it's the question of unlocking it. It's a skill, not an ability. You know, you're kind of right there, Frederick. I believe it is a skill. There is a skill to it, but it's an ability that everybody does possess. It's a matter of, like you said, unlocking it and being able to acquire that uh, skill to use what you already have. It's like, People have the ability to run, but if you don't run, you know, it's a skill that you have to acquire or, Mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, you you follow where I'm getting at. You have these abilities, you have these things within you, but if you don't utilize them, they get rusty, you know, and and you soon forget. Yeah. You know, it's like if you've been in bed a long time because of an illness, maybe uh, you haven't walked in years, you have to train yourself once again. The old cliche of use it or lose it. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's something that I try to keep in, in my own back of my mind and, and what I do. And I mean, just like today we went out, we went out to the, um, well, we just went out and looked for antler sheds out in the, in the pastures and walking around and, uh, we saw deer, we saw coyotes, we saw hawks. We saw, I mean, it was a show that was just fantastic, Eddie, what we saw out there. And it was, a, I mean, I was so thankful that I was a part of that. And it was, it was so nice to be able to get back to nature and sit there in that sunlight and give, you know, give creator a little bit of credit about what he's able to do and provide for us. Yeah. And see, and Frederick, he, uh, he says, it's like playing a, playing the piano. Some of it comes natural. Some have to be taught, but everyone can be good at it uh if they're in their own way just got to uh you just gotta be open exactly so it's it's a it's a skill and it's an ability you know and it's something that we can all do but if you don't train you don't use it you don't focus on it then you're not going to be able to and uh like i said it's like when i go up to the horses the horses know when i'm upset they know when i'm happy uh, I can tell when they're tense. I can tell when they're not. I feel it. You know, I can feel when they don't mind being ridden. I can feel where it could be an interesting ride if I'm not careful. So, <laughs> you know, you've got to you've got to be able to sense these horses and and sense those animals and sense what they're going through and what they're feeling. And they're just, I mean, animals are like people. I mean, some days you have good days, other days you have bad days. And it's a matter right. of, you know, mm-hmm. being able to know what that animal's feeling or sensing at the time. Yeah, when you sit there and you t- and you're with an animal and everything, it's like um, they become a part of you and you become a part of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, 
I've I've been on investigations, Eddie, before where you were talking about that dog you were with and everything, how it just shot up and it wouldn't even get out of the out of the truck or anything else mm-hmm. like that. I've been on investigations where you might be out in the forest someplace at this house, way wherever it might be. And as you get into that investigation, the birds quit chirping and singing. Mm-hmm. It becomes deadly silent. You can almost hear yourself breathe and there's nothing. Whereas I've been outside before in the dark. So you, I mean, you notice when dogs are out howling and sure playing and animals are doing their thing outside, but there is a silence that has followed sometimes in an investigation that everything completely shuts down. Yep. Absolutely. Because they sense things that we don't a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You know, they're attuned to their surroundings. They're not playing video games on their phones where they lose track of what's happening. They depend on their senses to survive. And I think that's a lot of it's where we, what we've lost you know, as technology increases, as our abilities and our senses to survive out in the open, I guess you could say. And that's why a lot of people are really lost without their phones or without their computer or, or you know, something to that effect, some sort of electronic device. Um, they're so busy listening to music and, and playing games that you lose your ability to feel what's going on around you. And Definitely. it's like uh, the other night, I'll give you a prime example. I was outside and decided I was going to take one of the horses out for a ride. And uh, I took Arroyo and uh, brought him out, saddled him up and all that and took him for a ride. And it was getting late. Papa, my other horse, wanted to go. And he didn't get to go. And I only had time for one horse. And uh, when I got back, he was pissed. And I could and I could tell and feel he was really angry with me <laughs> that he didn't get to go, and uh, so it, it was you know he was giving me the side eye he was giving me the silent treatment I'd go to to pet him and he'd turn away from me and yep. you know and I was like geez seriously I mean I had to put a halter on him and and take him out for a walk because there wasn't enough time to saddle him up and everything so I just took him for a quick walk and then he was okay but. It was the fact that I didn't take him, and he he was genuinely pissed. He he was not happy with me at all. I believe you, one hundred percent. I believe you. And uh, and we got Frederick. He (laughs) says, uh, he's. I can tell y'all something. I'm trying to spread awareness. Look up the spirit electron theory. It bridges the gap between spiritual ability and science. It's it it's crazy. Proves all electrons know each other's place and time and space and i think animals naturally have this where we lost it with time and place and society yeah i agree with you there frederick i mean i think we have lost a lot of these abilities and you know and and i'm aware of what you're talking about and and i i i can actually see where that could possibly be something that uh would work in the way as far as uh the way things interact and work together. Rick? Yes, indeed. I mean, we do. We we are a connected. Whether we want to admit it or not, Eddie, every one of us and everything on this earth is connected a one way or another, including the animals, including 
our best dogs, our best cats, everything that is in, in that world that we call living is connected. And you're exactly right, guys. Frederick, I, I totally agree with you. We've lost that ability to be able to talk to each other and be able to talk to the animals. And I'll admit it. I talk to my animals. I do too. I talk to them. I talk to them just like I'm talking to you. you I know? do too. And I truly believe that they understand and, and know the emotion that's going on. When I say, let's go bye-bye, man, I'm telling you what. They're the ready. Except, yeah, they jump up. And I mean, I don't have to say it again. And they're at the door, at the door wanting to go and everything. And if I tell them that, no, let's not do that. You, just like your horse, Eddie, they'll sit there and put their head down and kind of look up at you. And, you know. No, I know. was getting some serious side eye, Rick. I mean, you have no idea. <laughs> And, and, and I was looking, I'm going, seriously, dude, you're pissed off. And I was talking to him like that. And he would just look at me and and he'd turn away from mm-hmm. me. And I'm like, no, I said, sure. come here. And I'd go and grab a hold of him. And he'd pull away. It's like, I was like, damn, now I feel like shit. I got to take you for a walk now. <laughs> you know, thanks, dude. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Frederick says, and with the last story, if you talk to spirits or spirit animals in the same sense, are they not still there sonia if you want to if you're still here if you want to throw an answer up on that onto the chat that would be great um i think that no matter where they're at even if they're not say right next to you i think that connection between you and your pet your part of your family i think they're always going to hear what you have to say because of that connection that you have mentally Uh, it's just like your loved ones if they passed you know family members if you talk to them, I truly believe they hear you, you know, no matter where they're at, mm-hmm. you know, so don't hesitate to stop and say hello once in a while because they're around. Oh, I believe it too, Eddie. I really do. Because sometimes, you know, we get nostalgic. I, I think about the pets that I had when I was growing up and I'll be honest with you, that little dog that I had when I was growing up, I don't know if I'd have made it through some of the stuff that I would was going through if it hadn't been for that dog and me being able to take her out into the field and sit there in the warm sunshine on the side of a, uh, of a hill or something like that down by the river or Creek and just sit there and talk to her, mm-hmm. you know, they're a therapy. Yeah, they're they're, they're <laughs> the best. Therapy. They're the best therapist there are. It is. You know, it is. Take the and, time to uh, talk to your pet. Yeah. And it they don't, don't charge you 150 an hour. Yeah, it don't cost anything to sit there and talk to them because they're not going to turn away from you and they're not going to sit there and look at you and go like, or judge you. What the heck? <laughs> exactly. Yes. There you go. And I really, truly believe that, you know, if we had more of that in the world today, Eddie, we wouldn't be in the trouble that we are now. Sonia says, you know, Sonia says, they come and go. Every time you think about your pet, they'll come in an instant to help, to say hello and greet you. And, and I believe that. And I think that they're always with you. I think they're, they'll, they see you. They, they know you're there. They're with you. They're part of your essence. And even though whenever a pet passes, a little part of you goes with them, I think that little part that goes with them is that connection that you have between each other. Yeah, I like that. That's, that I like that. I really do. Well, we are out of time, Rick. Can you believe an hour's gone by? No way. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Yep. So we should do closing statements because we've only got a few minutes. So we'll start off with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I enjoy an hour like this when we can actually talk about things that get that, that, um, you know, that we need to hear. We need to hear each other's thoughts on um, spirit animals and, and what happens to our pets and things like that, because they're connected to us just like we're connected to each other. Absolutely. You know? And I would like to ha- hear if anybody wants to, to contact us, tell us a story about your pet. Tell us a story about how they connected to you. Tell us how you are uh, connected to your spirit animal spiritually or physically, because that is a story that only you can tell us. And I would love to hear it. Absolutely. And I'd like to have Sonia back on at some point and talk about this more in depth. Uh, so Sonia, if you uh, would shoot me a message uh, when you're available on a particular Saturday, that way we can get you on the show and t- talk more in depth about uh, spirit animals and uh, their their souls and how you sense things and how we feel, uh, how, how we can get closer to our pets that may be able to help some people to interact and become closer with their pets that are living and also the ones that have passed. And uh, I think that would be a great show. But everybody, you know, please, you know, uh, talk to your animals that have passed, that have deceased, that are deceased. They're not gone. Uh, they'll always be there for you. As Sonia says, if you call them or you think about them, they're going to be there. And uh, I think that's uh, it's an awesome thing to, to be able to know that you know, even though you may lose a pet, they'll always be with you. Uh, Daniel says, uh, and that connection is what keeps the spirits connected to you and keeps them in your life. Amen, Daniel. Yep. And uh, so until next time, everybody, please talk to your animals, whether they're here or they're gone. Uh, they understand you. Try and mentally connect with them the best way you can. And trust me, you will get answers back eventually if not sooner than later so until next time we love you guys be safe take care and i'm eddie hill from paranormal analytical and we appreciate you all being here take care and we'll see you next week good night guys thank you